Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 66. I am your host, Matt O'Leary, alongside my co-host, Mitch Anderson, as he opens his beer. And (laughs) no spill, Mitch Anderson's having himself a good night as he takes a swig. And I am still talking to Stahl so he can take his (sighs) swig. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I'm pretty good. I'm having a beer, so that's always good. Um, that's always a positive sign. Yeah. Uh, maybe not so positive as the Islanders losing the other night. 6-2. Or afternoon, Yikes. I should say. Like, what was that? 1 o'clock puck drop? I can't stand a Sunday afternoon puck drop during football season. That's awful. <laughs> they should not have anything going up against football. That's just not smart marketing or planning. But nonetheless, they played like absolute hot garbage. I'm not super surprised. We went, I don't know if rant is the right word for it, but we shared our thoughts on our post-game Patreon. I don't know if you want to plug that first. Yeah, so after every game, we rant for a good like 20 to 30 minutes about the game. It's usually pretty fast. The only time we'll record it in the morning is if either of us have this really late engagement or they're playing in like the other side of the country. And we don't stay up till 2 o'clock necessarily. We try to. We try to stay awake as long as we can. Anyways, we record these and we put them on Patreon after every game. So for 82 of the Islanders games, you can get a podcast for 5 bucks a month. Sounds like a lot, but when you do the math, it ain't. And you'll be joining the growing community of people listening to us after the game. Yes. And Mitch, do we want to drop the big news for when you're coming? Let's do it. Okay, so on Saturday, December 1st, Mitch Anderson will be live in the flesh on Long Hello. Island for the first game back at Nassau Coliseum, and so we're excited stoked. for it. I'm so excited. I've never seen them play at Nassau Coliseum. Uh, I, never, I didn't go to New York when I was a kid. I had to go as an adult, and when I went, it was always kind of like you hang out in Manhattan, you do New York-y things. It's, you go with friends, and they never want to go to the Islanders games because, as you could imagine, all of my friends aren't Islanders fans. So that's a thing. Shocking. Shocking. Um, so a lot of Broadway shows, a lot of that stuff. But now I get to do it on my own. I'm an adult, and I will do what I want to do, and it's New York Islanders games at the Nassau Coliseum. I can't wait. And, Mitch, we are actually doing something pretty special before that first game, too. And it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to involve all of our listeners and all of our readers. So why don't you fill them in? So... 
not it's a, it's going to be a weekend of firsts for me. So first at the Nassau Coliseum and a first tailgate for me. I've never tailgated. I assume all you do is you throw flying elbows through flaming tables. That, we will not I, be I doing, assume that's all you do. We will not be doing any Bills Mafia going through tables. Oh. <laughs> that's just a Buffalo Bills thing? That's just a Buffalo Bills thing and crazy person thing. We're going to keep it civil. <laughs> okay, good. So... We will be tailgating in the parking lot at the Nassau Coliseum, and it's a tailgate party. You can come. BYOB. Please come. Yes, please come. BYOB. And if you want food, either bring your own food. I will toss it on the grill. Uh, it's just like we don't know how many people are going to come, so I can't necessarily <laughs> buy food for X amount of people that I don't know who are going to be there. That would be insane. <laughs> but I will have a grill. I will be grilling for myself and Mitch and anyone else who would like to join us, hang out, talk some New York Islanders hockey. And we'll be doing a live post-game show from <laughs> from our tailgate spot, too. Yeah, so obviously you know, that, that should be a lot of fun. Just tailgating beforehand, going to the game, and then live podcasts from the, par- from the parking lot afterwards. Can't wait. Oh, boy. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I guess... We'll tweet out and put on Facebook a location for where we are tailgating because I don't think we know yet where we're going to be in the parking lot. No, I will like show up like super early because I'm staying not so not too far away. So I will leave wherever I'm staying quite early in the afternoon and walk over and, and, and just kind of like stand in front of a spot. That's it. Just like look menacing. Mm, this is my spot. And then we'll I, I don't know how it works. I don't know how tailgating works. So like. I might need a refresher or not even a refresher, a course on how to save parking spots for tailgate. I don't know. I guess just park yourself there and don't let okay. anyone park there. <laughs> we'll just lay down <laughs> in the spot with my arms closed like, this is my spot. Get out. I'm tailgating here. <laughs> <laughs> That's That might be how we have to do it, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we just wanted to get that PSA out of the way. We're going to you know, tweet it out and put it on our social media too. But we want to officially announce it on the podcast and give our listeners the first heads up also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait. Again, weekend of firsts for Mitch. On December 1st, no less. So oh. there you go. <laughs> A first of firsts. <laughs> Mitch, speaking of first, since we got some PSAs out of the way, it's time. Let's start some New York Islanders hockey talk. Yep. Michael Del Cole played his first game of the year. Yes, good way on that one. And it was question mark? Uneventful. Yeah, like he was, I'm using the, the coach's, Barry Trotz's term here, okay. And he didn't refer to him specifically, just that line being okay. Well, let's start there. I'm glad you mentioned the line because in his first game, he was scratched against the Rangers after he got called up. Yep. But then he played against Dallas and he played alongside legends. Steven Gianta and Cal Clutterbuck. Like, that's obviously who you want in your fifth overall pick to be playing with, Mitch. Am I am I wrong there? Oh, all at Nino Niederreiter all over again, buddy. Is it bad that I was getting PTSD flashbacks to that era, or is the well, correlation there? I, I'm going to say, yes, it's bad that you had them, but it's not your fault that you were having them. No, no. Like, it's justified my reaction, right? Yeah, big time. God, I said it again. Jesus. Yes, there we go. Right away, it took seven minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, of course, that's awful. This is a fifth overall pick, and sure enough, it's taken him four years to get where he is now. But 
he's got 14 points in 14 games in the AHL. They brought him up for a reason. And we all thought, okay, they're losing a top six guy in Andrew Ladd, I suppose. Sure. Really? It, it like it should be Bo's spot because he's playing so well with the other the other guys on the third line. It's essentially Ladd's spot. And they're putting this guy that they brought in to be a top six player in the bottom six, and not even the bottom six, the bottom line. And I don't I don't understand why. Like Trotz is saying, Oh, I don't know much about him, so I'm gonna find out. Well, you you call him up for a reason. I know he's not necessarily the one making the call up, but he's got an input on this for sure. And I, he's gotta know something. Yeah, and how are you gonna see what you have from Michael Dalcole when he's playing nine minutes a night with Steven Gianta, who did he even play in the NHL last year? Did he even play a single game for the Islanders last year? Steven Gianta? I believe so. I, I, I assume so. I assume he got like ten game run out for the Islanders when Cases Zekas went out. That's just my assumption. He played Yeah, he played three no. games last year. He's played three games this year. Sorry, this year. Sorry. Yeah, last year he didn't play. Oh, wow, played, look at that. Yeah, so someone who was out of the NHL for a year. Wow. And Cloud Clutterbuck, who went almost a calendar year without a goal. <laughs> yep, fair enough. But he hits, and he plays the right way, Matt. He plays the right way. He's got sandpaper in his veins. Listen, I like, must be uncomfortable when you got sandpaper in your veins. No, that can't be fun. That's going to be a lot of scratching. But I... I don't hate Kyle Clutterbuck. That's not what I want to get out of this. First assumption. No, it was I hate putting a fifth overall pick in a role that he is not going to produce well in. Especially well, when you have Tom freaking Kunak on the second line. <laughs> yes, perfect. Exactly. That's the thing. That's the killer. Is that his spot was taken by Tom Kunakel, who yes scored two goals. Uh, not against the Rangers. It was against who was it again? Was it against the the Penguins the night before the Rangers game? I forget. It was Vancouver. Vancouver. Thank you. Yes, against the Canucks, he had those two goals, and I think he had a point the night before that. So he was on a two game point streak, and so you're like, well, he's scoring, so you got to keep him in there, I suppose. But after a period, you go, okay, he's clearly does not he does not have it tonight. Let's put another guy in who should be scoring a lot, and let's see what he's got. Nothing. Michael Del Cole, yeah. who once again is a fifth overall pick. Let's not use the- his. Let's not use when he was picked because that clearly isn't a big thing or shouldn't be anymore because that was four years ago. Let's use his production this year. Who was a point per game player at the AHL level? Thank you. Was put on the fourth line over someone who has fourteen career goals. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And has never oh. scored more than five in one season. Like, I, I I get it. He's a known quantity in so much as you know what you're going to get at Tom Kuhnhockel. And you don't know what you're going to get at a Michael Dalcole. But like, you got you to gotta roll with it some way. How, how are you going to find out? How are you going to find out? Mitch, if I, if I, let's just start here. If I told you before the season yep. that Tom Kuhnhockel would be playing on the second line, what would you have said? <laughs> I'd be ripping the little hair that I have left. Right. So I just, there's no logical connection for not only Del Cole, but the putting Tom Kunakle in the top top six. Mm-hmm. And I think the point we're trying to get at is how do we expect to see Del Cole succeed at the NHL in this type of role? Let me just correct what I just said. I'm not just like having my hair and then like standing here ripping hair. I'm ripping my hair out is what I was trying to say. I, I think that. 
Yeah, I know. I just wanted to correct that because that doesn't sound great. Uh, I don't know how we expect him to do anything, how we expect him to do something. Obviously, maybe there's something we, we, aren't, we aren't seeing in practice. Maybe there's something going on behind the scenes that we're just not seeing and Barry Trotz doesn't like. If that's the case, ship him back. Well, like if you don't like him, if there's something you don't like about his game and you're not going to use him, he's no use to you here then. Get him back to the AHL and bring someone up you might like. Bring up Steve Bernier. I don't care. If you're going to play top, bottom six, call up Steve Bernier. That that seems more fitting than putting Michael Dalcole there. I agree. Like it, it I, I just don't understand what you're going to get out of it. And, and if it is... If it's just, well, we're trying to see what he's got, well, what are you doing playing him with these bottom six players? Maybe put him in Bo's spot. See what that's going to happen and put Bo up on the second line and Kuhnhockel on the fourth. Yeah, that's fine. As long as he's in, the, in a middle six role, I'm okay with that. Like, I just don't know what you're, what you're supposed to find out from this guy when you're not really giving him a chance. And that nine minutes, like he, that was team low by a, a, a healthy margin. Although I guess... Gionta did get a lot of power or penalty kill time. Right, and he's not going to be on the special teams yet, but still, yeah, you're not, like, how can you sit here and say, okay, we want to see what we have in this kid, and then not play him enough minutes, one, and then play him in a role out of position? Like, I understand maybe not giving him that opportunity for the first 20, even maybe the first 40, especially after the 40 minute, or in the second period where they were just terrible anyways. But by the by the third period, where like you're going, we're get down. What were they down? Like three goals at that point. Just toss yeah. him in. Just put him up on that on that top. Put him up. Put him up on the on the second line. Take Kunakal off. Give him a shift there. See see what happens. Does he get a spark? Does some, there's there's something you like? Is there something that that happens? But he got none of that, as far as I can tell. No. Well, he got his first career shot on goal. Went right into the crest of whoever not, was in there. Not his first career, but he got a shot on goal this season. He's got two shots in his career on goal. Uh, he had I'm one sorry. last year. So it was, check must yourself. have been really memorable then because. <laughs> but yeah, he got a look. He looked okay. He looked fine. And that's what you want from your bottom six, or your, sorry, not even your bottom six, your last line. That again is Michael Del Cole, who's making his fifth NHL game, or is playing his fifth NHL game in his career, Steven Gionta, and Cal Glitterbuck. You just want them to be okay, and they were exactly that. So give him the chance now. Okay, you've seen okay? Let's see if we give you more responsibility, what you can do with it. Yeah, we're going to have to see. And I think he has earned it, especially because of how badly the Islanders lost the last time out, that you need to shake something up. You can't run it back again. Yeah, look, his average time on ice last year was 13 minutes and 21 seconds. Doug Wade had more faith in this guy than Barry Trotz does, which maybe is telling. Maybe that's telling, right? You're going, well, maybe there's something there. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> After you said that, I was like, Ooh, maybe that's not the <laughs> argument we want to go with. Yeah, so uh, to me, it's a lost opportunity so far, and I hope he gets his opportunity. Uh and if not, send, just send him back. Just send him back. If you're not going to use him, bring up Steve Bernier. Honestly, what else? Why not? Right. If you're going to use, or why not just play Ross Johnson then? Yeah. 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 Exactly. You're right. Yeah. Just play Ross and play with a shorter, a short lineup, I guess. You still only have like, what, maybe one scratch? Big deal. 
And then you scratch Pisa or Pellic, whoever you decide that day. Yeah. So what? I don't get it. Just do that. Anyway, anyways, I, I just I think it's a lost opportunity. What What are your overall thoughts on on the Dal Cole situation, vis a vis his call up up till today? It's been underwhelming, but not his fault. Okay, fair enough. Good, I agree. All right, let's move on now and talk about someone who is on a hot streak. Anthony Beauvillier has risen, Mitch. Le petit beau, il fait début. Is that the bow has risen? No, I'm just saying the little bow is, is scoring goals in, in French. Okay. I I don't know how you expect me to know that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> okay, what I you just said like it. speaking French. I just like speaking French. That's I know. What. You're better than me. You could speak two languages fluently, bitch. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to respond to that. <laughs> I'm just injecting a little bit of culture into our podcast, Matt. Okay? I appreciate just, it. I'm an uncultured swine. That's right. So... Anthony Beauvillier, four goals and five points over the last two games. It couldn't have come at a better time, honestly, Mitch. Okay, why do you say that? I, I'm not saying it, it. It it could have come at a better time. I guess I'm just. What makes you say what you said? Because the Islanders' top six is struggling. And okay. They need to get production from somewhere. Uh, well, except for Brock Nelson, <laughs> Mister November is still chugging along, no problems. Yes. Outside of that. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like, like five points in the last two games. That's and he had one. He had one before that. In yeah, one. eighteen games. I think That's, it was one in sixteen, right? Sure. Yeah, I don't know how many games they've played so far. I I forget if they're at eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Who knows? Well, someone does because it's it's fact. Eighteen. He's played eighteen games. So you're right. It would be sixteen games. That's ridiculous. Insane. It's unsustainable. He's not going to keep scoring at that clip of the, what is it, four points in two games or five points in two games. It's not going to happen. Um, no, but he's worked his way back to his pace, kind of, because now he's on pace for 23 goals over an 82-game season. And there you go. That's what we wanted from Bo. That's what we're going to need going forward is a 23-goal, 50-point player. Yeah, and, that'd be pretty nice. And his career high is, what, 36? So... He's going to eclipse that this year, for sure. If he keeps going this way. You would think so, right? Yeah. So, do we attribute this to Valtteri Filippola? <laughs> and Leo uh, Kamara? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much we could put on them. Maybe? So, you said something interesting in our last um, Patreon podcast. So, when he scored his, his goal against the Dallas Stars, um, you said that he's shooting from inside the two dots instead of outside. And I think that's an important distinction to make is that I think what has changed for him is where he's getting his chances from. He's not coming in from the outside to get a chance and taking a shot and getting hopefully something on net. He's playing within the dots and he's he's shooting from a high danger area and he's converting most of his shots. Yeah, he is. Like I think you mentioned that it's like that home plate in front of the goal. That's right. So he is going down there, and it's working for him. I think when he was working with um, Barzal and Eberly or Barzal and Bailey, uh, he ju- he wasn't getting in that area enough. I think he was trying to do too much on the perimeter, and it wasn't really working for him. So he decided to switch it up. And he's not a big guy; he's only five eleven, a buck eighty two. 
but he's been effective. Only that's like an inch shorter than I am and twenty pounds heavier. Yeah, but you wouldn't say that's like a big guy. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's, it's bigger to me. Like, look, he he's been shooting before the last two games at zero percent because he was scoring zero goals. But the two games before he started scoring, he has zero shots on net. Since the New York Rangers game, he has seven shots on net and he's averaging a fifty-five percent shooting percentage. There you go. He's converting. He's taking chances first, and he's getting chances, and he's converting them. That's huge. He has, and his ice time has gone up since that uh, debacle. Yeah, but he scored. Did he? I forget how early he scored against the Rangers. I think it was like the ten minute mark of this, the first period. I believe so. Yeah. So is that he was given more ice time, and so he responded, or is that he's given more ice time because he responded? Right, it's like a chicken and the egg situation. I think he was given more ice time because he responded. Hmm. I I'm not so certain, and I'm as we keep talking, I'm going to go through some stuff here. I'm going to try to figure some stuff out. Um. So, oh, I can't do this. God damn you, NHL.com. Um. So, do we attribute it to Valtteri Filippola and uh, what's his name, Leo, Leo Komarov, Komarov, Uncle Leo? I don't want to. <laughs> Why not? Because I think out of the three, Anthony Bovillier is the more talented. So I don't think it's like, oh, he is Anthony Bovillier is better because he's playing with Valtteri Filippo and Leo Komarov. You just want talent to reign through. Yeah. Like okay. I'd, I'd say it might be more coincidental. Is it, though? Is it that these two players know exactly where to be and can play a simple game effectively? And that's exactly what Bo needed just to get back to basics? Yeah, but is it like, then are you saying it's because of the style of game they're playing or because of the players actually doing it? Because then you could say it's more stylistically fitting for Anthony Beauvillier. Maybe it's just more stylistically fitting. Maybe that's the thing. I think I would I would go that route saying like, okay, making it simpler. But I, again, if you, I don't think Valtteri Filippula and Leo Komarov are the, like the key. Like if he didn't play with them, next year which assuming he probably won't like I don't think he's going to crash and burn because of it right uh, okay so I'm going to tell you his shifts here he's had one shift before he scored so I think it's him scoring that gave him more opportunity there you go so he's he had one shift he played for 56 seconds his second shift he scored on okay so yeah or there was a goal when yeah it was his goal so he was on the ice for a lot. He he was he was pretty good that night. He had a plus f- something. I'm I'm gonna say like plus a, two. Yeah. Well, that means he was on the ice for a few. <laughs> um. So yeah, D- does he keep it up? Quickly before we go to the next thing, I think he keeps it up to an extent. Like obviously, he's not going to be scoring like a hundred goals this year, meaning that he's going to pop off. You know, two, three a night. But well, I you're think, you're saying he's on pace for twenty three, right, or twenty four? Right. Twenty three. So, so I think he keeps pace for the twenty three now. I think he hits twenty five and ends the season with like fifty points or something like that. Okay, I would and, love to see him hit fifty, but I think his slow start might end up hurting him a little bit. Maybe as long as he gets more than thirty six, I want to see year upon year of improvement. Now, even if he only gets like forty, does that mean he's a top six player next year? No, but that might be your third line center. Oh, 
Good point. I'll be back on that bandwagon. Yes, put him at the center part. Spart position. Why he has been here. better on faceoffs. He was at sixty percent against the Rangers and then fifty percent against Dallas. Yeah, but how many did he take though? Because if he's not playing center, he's only coming in when Philpa is being kicked out. I don't know. It doesn't say. Doesn't seem like he has any faceoff. I'm looking at the last five games and it says zero faceoff wins and a zero percent. Oh, that's face- shooting. That's shooting percentage. I'm an idiot. Don't there mind me. Go. There you go. So don't listen to you. He took no face-offs and one zero face-offs. So there you go. Uh, I saw a percentage and ran with it, Mitch. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's on me. It was your early day today, so I, I forgive you. Thank you. Okay. What is next? Next up, we're going to transition now and get into the Metropolitan Division mm-hmm. and how the Islanders are currently dominating the Metropolitan Division, 7-0-0 against the Metropolitan, Mitch. Unbelievable. That's just... So, how do we want to, how do we want to go about this? First off, is there a reason that they're this good against their own division that you can tell? Is there some sort of motivation you think at play? Is there some sort of narrative? No, I don't think so. I think it's it's coincidental for sure. They just happen to be playing well, and they're playing a lot of their own in their own division, right? And they're playing against like they're going to play these teams a ton this year. So obviously, I don't expect that to hold up. But they have a very winnable game tomorrow. That's why we're recording this podcast today against the New York Rangers, who they've dominated. So this can continue this streak. Yeah, absolutely, it can continue. Like so, in their first seven games against divisional rivals uh, over the last four seasons, they've they've gone four two and one last year. The year before that, they're three two and two, then five zero oh, and two, and six one and zero oh, in fourteen fifteen. So, like this isn't necessarily unprecedented for this team. But then again, you can't really say that this iteration of the New York Islanders is the same one that was out there in fourteen fifteen. Like, how many players are left over from that? Josh yeah, Bailey, Bailey it. Brock, Bailey Brock, was Clutterbuck there? Clutter. Probably, yeah, definitely Clutter. The fourth line: Letty and Boychuk and Hickey. Yeah, so considerable pieces, but not not formidable, like a, not a majority of the team. Um, and historically, the Islanders haven't necessarily been great. I think I went over the last five years. I didn't write down how far I went, but they're twenty eight, twenty three, and seven. I believe with the last five years against divisional rivals. So like they beat them most of the time, but they're just below five hundred. So they don't beat them most of the time. No, no, and that's about on par for what I thought they would be. Yeah. So like, if they keep going this way, they're obviously going to lose some. But if they they win the majority of their games against divisional rivals, that's huge for the standings, right? Already they've already banked fourteen points, twenty eight arguably. Yeah, that's true because of the amount of swing those games have well just like you take two points away from them that's right you take two points away from them and they are chasing right now the rangers who are in second with 24 points so that like i don't want to use the term big game in november when there's still a long way to go but it it does mean something in the standings early keep in mind that yes they're behind the rangers by two points but they have two games in hand on the rangers 
That's right. So they could easily make up that. It, it, to come level on the Rangers, you would expect them to win one of their two games in hand, and then you're level with the Rangers again. That's true. And you probably take the lead because you have a higher goal differential. They actually have the highest in the division by a, with a plus eight. Yeah, that's also true. But just looking at the standings as they are now, can you say you really expect them to stay the same, especially with Pittsburgh and last? I don't know. Maybe this is a down year for Pittsburgh. Like, it's got to come down at some point. They can't be this good all the time. They can't. Yeah, but look how many pieces they have, Mitch. Like, how do, how can they possibly be bad? It, sometimes just quality doesn't work. Some, sometimes just one thing is off, and it just doesn't work anymore. It all comes crashing down, and you got to build it back up again. It's possible. Like, Sidney Crosby always has an outstanding second half of the season. Always. But they're they're losing ground. Well, maybe not really. They're four points behind the Islanders with their level on games. So, to me, the Devils are are where, not where I would expect them to be. We would expect the Rangers and the Islanders to be where the Devils and Penguins are. Yeah, probably around that spot because I think we picked the Islanders to finish uh, sixth or seventh. Yeah, and so they're (laughs) fourth. A point behind the Capitals who are are making some noise. They're coming back up and coming back up quick. Yeah, they certainly are. So I guess longevity-wise, do you expect this to continue? The answer is probably no. Oh, definitely not. No, they're not going to be perfect against their own division. That just It just can't happen. What about the P word, playoffs? I think it's it's possible. It's really possible. Like they're outside of the playoff picture right now, but that's only because the East or the Atlantic Division is better, which is ridiculous. Because teams like Montreal and Boston have twenty six and twenty five points, but again, they have games in hand on the Islanders. Or sorry, the Islanders have games in hand on them. Right, that's true. So, like the Senators are sixth. Yeah, they're sixth in their division. They should be terrible. They're not. No, they're okay. They have 21 points in 21 games. So, so they're, they're about average. Yeah, they're a 500-ish. They're 9-9-3. The Islanders are 10-7-2, so clearly a better team uh, by just, just a hair. Um, I, Yeah, I think they can make the playoffs. I really do. They're going to hang in there. I really think they're going to be right there. And February is going to be really interesting because of that. Yeah, that's true. And if they are in the mix, I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves here, but I don't it's know fine. if I could if I could see them moving pieces, aka Brock Nelson, Jordan Eberle, if they're still semi in the mix. I think they could. You think they would, even if they're in the mix? Well, just think about it. You you have to look at it pragmatically and say, yes, we're in a playoff position, but we're going to lose Jordan Eberle for nothing, and he's. We already lost JT for nothing, and that could have been a king's ransom. Are we going to lose Jonathan or Jonathan John Tavares and Jordan Eberle for nothing and get nothing for them? I understand our cupboard looks pretty good already, but you you, you want something, especially at the trade deadline when you're looking at a guy who's a sixty point player. Look what Rick Nash got last year for yep. a guy who's not even playing this year. This is a guy who can play for the next six seven years easily. Right, and that, that's why I think I move him and Brock. I think I do both. I, I don't. I don't think they move Brock. They love Brock too much. Not not after what he's doing now. You you can't. If he keeps this up, you can't move him. 
No, and then you sign him to a five-year, $5 million per year extension, and then he goes to sleep for another half decade. Okay, well, you went there, but that's fine. I don't think that happens. Look, the guy's got six points in his last five games, all right? So y'all better chill. I'm not ready to completely abandon the course because of a 19-game sample size. It's getting substantial, my man. Like we're at 19 games of an 82 game season. We're just about the quarter mark. I guess, uh, but you're ready to say, okay, after the, that 19 games, his career has now changed. He's going to be reaching his potential, the guy we thought he would be all along at age 27. I'm what I'm trying to say is that the team clearly likes him, and they're putting him in a position to succeed, and he is succeeding. So why would they get rid of that? When a guy is bought in and doing what they want him to do and it's working, why would they get rid of that? Again, not again, but if this happens like you think it's going to happen and December rolls around and he plummets, then yeah, for sure. But the way I'm looking at it, they're telling him to do something. They're giving him the opportunity and he's taking it. In the world of the NHL, you don't get rid of that. That doesn't that doesn't go away. You keep that. I see what you're saying. So maybe I should have said that more eloquently the first time. All right, I see. I see where you're going with that. So it's not to say that the sample, like I, I am ignoring the sample size altogether. And like Brock from four years ago, who cares? Nothing happened there. But you look at what he's doing now, and it looks pretty good. It looks to be like he's doing what they want him to do, and it's working. Yeah, so far it has worked. And that's why the Islanders, that's one of the reasons why the Islanders are in a playoff mix with 22 points sitting in fourth place in the Metropolitan. Mitch, we are going to transition once again, and we're going to talk about the farm system with the New York Islanders. They have a very deep farm system, and we are ready for our Down on the Farm segment. I love that music, Mitch. Thank you for that. It's my favorite. I don't know. The volume is probably a little jinky on that. Uh, I realized that the gain on the actual channel was a little low. So it probably went from like low to high to back low again as I kind of like tweaked it a bit. So (laughs) sorry to your ears. Live podcasting. It happens sometimes. (laughs) All right, Mitch. So let's do it. Let's jump into it. Talk about some New York Islanders prospects. What are they up to and how are they doing? Okay, where do you want to start? You have four choices. You have CHL, NCAA, Europe, or the AHL. Let's go Europe first. Okay, in Europe. Uh, the top producers are the two goalies and Anthony Golishev. Uh, we got Peter Hassan and Robin Salo out there, but like they're playing and they're not doing a whole lot. They're doing enough, but like nothing to really hang your head on. Whereas Anatoly Golishev playing for Automobilist in the KHL. We said it before. He's playing fantastically. He's keeping. He keeps on doing it. He's playing twenty four games so far and has nineteen points. Um, it's just, do you think he ever comes to the NHL? Probably not. I don't think so. I don't think we ever see him. Which no. doesn't bode well for the next guy who also plays in the KHL for CSKA Moscow in Ilya Sorokin, who is on a three game 
shutout streak. Let's go. Our man, Sorokin. Mitch, I don't know if you heard the Andy Gross interview. I didn't hear all of it. He thinks that he's going to come over next year. Yes. Yes. I'm in. I know that it's only one guy's opinion. And look, it's, you know, he covers the team. He he has an in. We, he knows. And it's an educated one. He's not just throwing darts at the wind. And, you know, um, I would love to see that. I really would. I think he could be the real deal if he ever came over. I really do. Yeah. Well, the only problem is that the KHL obviously isn't as good as the NHL. Look, he in those three games where he got a shutout, he's faced 60 shots total. One game, he faced 15. That's The Islanders give that up in one period, on average almost. Yeah. Maybe, I, maybe I, not. That's not true. But I know, but still, over the last how many years, he's been putting up good numbers. Well, that's it. He's got a 934 save percentage right now, which is out- outstanding. That's not his best ever. I think his best ever is 950-something. It might even be 954. And that was th- three years ago? Because he had, yeah, he had a 934. He's got a 934 now, a 930 last year, or 932, and a 929 the year before that, before he had his 950 save percentage. Yeah, 953 in 2015-16 was Insane. the prime Ela Sorokin. But he's he's kept it up. Yeah, he's not 950, but 930. It's pretty damn good with a 129 goals against average and four shutouts already in 18 games played. Yeah, his worst goals against average since joining the KHL has been what? Over a full... Ah, never mind. I kind of lied. Since joining KSK Moscow, it's 1.61. But there was a year where he had a 3.25. Right, but he was probably what? He's 22 years old now or something like that? Maybe 24? So he was 19 or 20 that year. So yeah, Ilya Sorokin is 23 years old right now. Yeah. So like, yeah, he's, he's he's still a kid. He's still a kid. He would co- he could come over here at the age of 24, ready to dominate. Oh, I'm, in. I'm just tantalizing. I'm just so excited that we could have a goalie. I'm and in. we and we have two great goalies right now, where they're playing great, anyways. Yeah, I really like what Robin Leonard's done this year, and Thomas Grice too. I think they, outside of his most recent clunker, and Leonard wasn't really that great either, but still. No, I, but that's a regression to the mean, right? They're not going to keep up their 940 save percentage all year. That's just not going to happen. Exactly. Um, okay, so those are our big European prospects. Um, what do you? Where do you want to go next? Okay, let's move on over to the AHL. Okay, wow. Obviously, the AHL, the big producer, is <laughs> is still... Uh, uh, God, jeez, why can't I get his name? It's written right here. Uh, it's Devin Taves with 17 points in 18 games. Five goals, by the way. Uh, Mitch, I have a bit of a question for you now. Okay. Why is he not on the Islanders roster? I, I, I can't answer that. I don't know. I don't know. I know he deserves to be here. We see it all the time. Why isn't he here? Why is Lucas Spiza playing? Why is Adam Pally playing? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. No, I hate it. It's really bothering me because this is now his third good year in the AHL. It's not like he's been struggling in the AHL for three years. He's been good in the AHL for three years. Yeah, just consistently good. I don't understand how this is like, what are they, what are they doing with him? I guess they're just trying to give him more reps because he wouldn't get in the top four 
on the Islanders, although arguably he probably should. Um, so they're just thinking, play the season out as a top pair defenseman, hone your craft, and come up here with Ryan Pulak and just kind of destroy. Yeah, I guess. I don't love. I don't love that. But I don't. I don't love it either. But that seems about right. Yeah. No, it does. Like, what else? What else do you want? I, I know. I want him here, but he's not coming up. I, I. I just don't think he's coming up. The Isles aren't ready to bring him up because probably he's. They. They can see it as he's going to get more reps down there. Yeah, I think that's a lame excuse, but I. I. I could see that. Oh, it's totally lame. Um. In terms of forwards, Michael Dalcole is obviously up here. Otto Koivula uh, now has six points, um, which is nice. Or seven. I may have missed the four here. Um, Joshua saying is at 16 points on the season. Okay. That's fantastic. In 18 games played. Good for Josh. Oh, Good. I would love to see him get the call up here. We'll see. I, I don't think he gets a call up. He'll, unless like injuries happen or trades take place. In February, I don't. I don't expect him to come up until the trade deadline. No, me neither. And then we got Kiefer Bellows, who's banging in the goals, banging them in. He's got six now, six goals. It's not team leading, but he's not far off. Uh, he had what a five goal game streak or something like that. Five, yeah. I yeah, I think that's right. Five five goal games, five game goal streak. Yeah, there you go. So five confusing. game goal streak. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. I knew it didn't sound right when it came out of my mouth, which happens a lot. You'd be surprised okay. on how happen that happens. How happen? See, just happened right there. It's okay. <laughs> uh, but outside of that, you got no one else really. Obviously, there are there are producers at the AHL level, but they're not prospects. They're more AHL destined players, or they're players like Steve Bernier, who who cares? Very true. Like. Great, good hockey player, way better than I am, and he's got skills that I will never, ever possess, and I applaud him for that, but I don't care what he does. Yeah, it's the sad truth at that point. You know what I mean? The Giantas and the Berniers of the world. Yeah, they're there. They're, they're, they'll call up them up for depth, and then um, they'll play a few games, and we'll be fine. Okay, so next you have CHL or NCAA. Take your pick. Uh, let's go NCAA first. Okay. Nick Pastuzhov. What the heck is going on? Is a point per game player in the NCAA right now with 11 points in 11 games. Well, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. He's a, I'm going to say a sixth round pick from the Islanders in like 2014. I believe. From I see you typing four it years. Up. For four years ago? I believe so. I could be wrong. Because I think he's in his third year in the NCAA right now. Uh, I don't remember everything about every prospect. So Pasajov was drafted in the seventh round in 2016. Okay, yep. I I scrolled too far down. And he's now in his third year... Uh, with University of Michigan. He scored 15 points last year in 36 games, and he's on pace to crush that. Yeah, he is. I mean, he should blow that out of the water unless something catastrophic happens. Right. So it's going to be interesting to follow what happens with him. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe he gets an AHL deal. Because he's in the third year at the University of Michigan, like I said. Uh, 
if he plays a fourth year, he can go to free agency. Like Jimmy VC. That's right. So the do the Islanders give him a two way deal this season? Maybe like in the off season. I mean, maybe they do. Like they obviously wait the season. They're not going to do something now with eleven points. They're going to go great, but you can taper off and score nothing for the rest of it. Um, but I think they look at this and they go, "All right, you caught our attention. Let's give you an AHL deal by like June or whatever, and then um, let's see what you do in the AHL next year, and then we'll we'll continue from there." I think he, he I essentially what I'm saying is I think he becomes a professional hockey player. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know if he ever makes it to the NHL, but yeah. His chances are increasing significantly every time he puts up a point. Absolutely. So, um, from there, your boy Ollie only has two points, but who cares because you know he's going to be here next year. Yep. Outside of that, there's not a whole lot of big producers. Ruslan Isakov is back in amongst the points. Uh, he had that scary injury at the beginning of, of the, the season. Yep, that's right. He's back four points in 10 games, but you know, it's going to take some time to come back from injury like that. Plus, it's also NCAA where they don't score a ton of points, anyways. No, I think Kiefer Bellows only put up like very minimal points. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. And then he destroyed the WHL. Um, But keep in mind, these guys are are, are, some of them are men. They're playing at 20, 24 years old. Um, So, other than that, like it's it's a bunch of other guys that, mm, like Jake Pavanka has four points in 12 games. Colin Adams has four points in 11 games. These Most of these guys are a lot of late-round picks, like Andon Song or Misha Song has, like, one game played for Cornell. Like, no big deal. There's nothing right. really to report. Hey, CHL then. Last one left. Noah Dobson, 13 points, 21 games. Yes. Keep I on love Noah Dobson. Let's go. Um, he's now going to wear an A for the Canada-Russia series, I believe. Oh, good for him. Know, something like that. Um, Bodie Wild. Has six, 17 points in 16 games. Good for Bodie. I like him a lot. So, And he's still young, right? Like, I, I don't think he could play AHL next season. No, Bodie Wild 18. is 18, yeah, so he won't. Yeah, he won't be able to play AHL next year. So it's either Isles or not, and I wouldn't imagine he plays for the Islanders next year if Devin Tays can't even break the roster this season. No, probably not, because then you would got to think that uh, Noah Dobson's ahead of him anyway on the right side too. Well, that's just it. So like that's not happening. But good options to have. Uh, next on the list is Arnaud Durando, who has 25 points in 21 games in the QMJHL. Okay. On fire. Uh, this is another late round pick. I think he was like sixth in 2016. Sixth and 17. In 17. So. And he, he put up, what, 50-some-odd points last year? You have it open, I assume? 50, yeah, 53. 53 points last year. He's on pace again to destroy that because they put a 72 games, I think, in the QMJHL. Is the season length? I believe so, yeah. So, like, he's over a point per game. You're looking like at an 80-point player right now. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to get anything. He might get a two-way deal next year. Might. And then it's AHL for him. Yeah, I can't see him cracking the roster. No if ands, or buts about it. And last, we have awesomely named Blade Jenkins. Like that's, I love that name. Like His parents must be the coolest people ever. Uh, 21, sorry, 18 points in 21 games. I'm reading it backwards. So, and he plays on the second off spirit with Bodie Wild. Oh, there we go. 
So there's production coming from everywhere. There's so not only do we have guys who can make the NA, the NHL roster today in the AHL, we got guys coming up behind them even elsewhere in the system. So the, the in Europe in the CHL and the AHL or sorry in the uh, the NCAA. So looking good so far for the Islanders throughout the system and down on the farm. There we go. So that is our down on the farm segment. A little update on how the prospects are doing. I always love to see how the future Islanders are performing. And it seems like they're playing very well. Perfect. Mitch, let's get into our social segment this evening. Yeah. What do you have for us? I have one. and I hope you don't have this. Apparently, according to Mark Diver, who I believe uh, covers the AHL Bruins, says that Jan Kovar hasn't practiced with the AHL Bruins the last two days. Word is he's weighing his contract options, which reportedly include KHL, Switzerland, and the Czech Republic. Not sure if any North American offers. So he's going back to the K? (laughs) Potentially, yeah. Oh, no. That's just, you hate to see that. So... Probably good thing for the Islanders, you think? I guess so, right? Like they they took a risk on him. They saw he didn't have much, and they just sent him on his way. And he didn't get he didn't get a cha- a chance with the Bruins. Although, is it he didn't get a chance, or they weren't ready to give him a chance? Like, well, what was it? We'll never know. My social story is. The New York Islanders visiting elementary school kids. So from Long Island and in Brooklyn, different New York Islanders went around and were at different elementary schools. There was one in Baldwin Elementary School, which is right near me. There was one in Merrick Elementary School, which was right near me. And Mitch. How many elementary schools are right near you? Well, right near me, as in a sense, like Baldwin's probably like 10 minutes. Mary's probably like 15, 20 minutes away. Okay. Okay. All right. So it's not like your school is between two other schools or no. your house is between two no, schools. No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure. The point being. Yes. Where the hell was this when I was in elementary school? I would love to meet the New York <laughs> Islanders. <laughs> See, I'm a sucker. I was sitting there. I was happy when the substitute teacher would let you play seven up or I was happy when oh, they would yeah. roll in that dinosaur TV with the VHS in it and you would watch something on that. That's what I got excited for in elementary school. These kids are meeting Matt Barzell, Matt Martin and Anders Lee all at one place or or Johnny Boychuk, Jordan Eberle and who else was with them? I forget who else was with them. Nick Letty. There was also a Quality Ryan Pulak and Valtteri Fulpilla dynamic duo at somewhere too. That does sound like fun. My favorite day was KFC day at school. Loved it because no one liked coleslaw except for me. So I got all the kids coleslaws. There was a KFC day. Yeah, we would get KFC. We would get like a a two. We used to call it Toonie Tuesday. Okay. Well, it wasn't Toonie at my when I was a kid. It was two dollar Tuesday, and they turned it into Toonie Tuesday because we we don't have two dollar bills anymore. We have coins. Okay. $2 coins and they're called toonies because our $1 coin is called a loony. Is that really why? <laughs> yes. Okay. Anyways, um, and yeah, so they would give us, you'd have uh, a drumstick or a chicken breast and you'd have coleslaw and a bag of chips 
And not only would I get everyone's coleslaw, but I would get all of their bag of chips because everyone hated regular chips. And so what I would do is I'd take that and I would put as much salt as I could on there because that was my favorite thing. And I tried to see how many packets of salt I could tolerate. I got up to nine. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. You're welcome. There you go. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, we didn't get hockey players. We, we just, I just got a salt intake. That's all I got. No. And <laughs> see, you're definitely way too old for this, but I also want to mention Blade Blades. If you know what that is, that was the hottest stuff. I know that, what Beyblades are. You know what that is? I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, it's a spinning top. It, yeah, with like the cord and you like rip it. I don't understand how you play it because once they hit, that's it. I don't know, but it was right? a, a lot of fun. So if for our younger listeners out there, you're probably sitting there like, yeah, yeah I remember that. Those are the days. My days were Pogs, Marbles. Marble. Dodgeball. Marbles? <laughs> Did you go to school in the 40s? Yes. Dodgeball. Supersonics, obviously. Panda Supersonics were the were the most valuable. What's Podge? Pogs. Pog. Not Pogs. Pogs, sorry. Pogs is a stupid game where you would take these paper discs, the cardboard discs with a picture on it, okay. and you would stack them one on top of the other, as many as you wanted. And then you would take a slammer, which was a plastic or metal disc, and you would slam it on the cardboard disc and get them to flip over. And if you got whatever one you got to flip over and show its backside, you won them. And if you won... or you had more, uh, the majority of them flip over, you won the whole thing and you got to take all the pods, pogs. All right. Yeah. That doesn't seem so fun. It's a stupid game. It's a stupid game, but it was super addictive when we were kids. Fair enough. Basically, that picture made me feel nostalgic about me wanting to go back to elementary school because it was a simpler time. And also I was like, wait, if I was able to, if eight-year-old Matt was meeting like Michael Pekka and Alexi Yashin, how happy I would be. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Oh, so I was very jealous. Yeah, no. At school, you get to ask them questions and ah, like all the kids. Yeah. That would be insane. <laughs> and like I said on Twitter, if if they came rolling into work, they would have the same reception, except they would just be me. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Do you remember, Mitch, the now infamous quote that came out of last year's? Uh. Islanders school day or whatever they call it, Isle school day. I know I should remember, but I don't. So I refresh my memory. Someone asked John Tavares if he secretly wants to play on another team. And he took an eight oh, second pause yes. and then said, absolutely not. And the crowd erupted. Right. And then he broke every one of those kids hearts six months later. You jerk. D-bag. What a D bag. Oh, what a jerk. Unbelievable. I, again, I don't care that he left necessarily. It's just how he did it. I care that he left. <laughs> well, we seem to be better off for it. So, because if he hadn't left, do we get, um, do we get Barry Trotz or do we get Lou Lemarello? Well, considering that he was, they were both here before he left. And yes, I guess that's true. Yeah, never mind. I take that back. I see. I didn't remember the, the the tagline. I didn't remember the timeline. That's all right. All right, Mitch, anything else on the social segment? Or are you ready to get out of here? I'm ready to get out of here. I did a lot of research for those those players and You did. That was a lot of that was a lot of info. That was good. I was glad to hash that out. Once again, 
You can subscribe to our Patreon. Let's plug that. We are doing post-game shows for all 82 games. So for 5 bucks a month, you can get all of our post-game content for all 82 games. You'll, not only you, you get that, you get a newsletter every week, and you get a mailbag show every week. On top of this show, so you get the weekly show, a weekly podcast show, and a show almost every other day because that's how often the Islanders play. So when you think about it, you're getting like six podcasts a week. Yeah, just about. <laughs> just so. about, yeah. All right, so you have that. Also, wherever you're listening to this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps with our searchability. You could also follow us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You could like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You could download our app, the Eyes on Isles app on iPhone or Android. And of course, you should always visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. Mitch, episode number 66 in the books. The Josh Hosang edition. Okay. okay. I'm glad you said it. That's why I was like, <gasps> we never said it at the beginning. Yeah. So. We forgot. It's okay. It happens. But you picked it up. Good for you. We picked it up, and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.